change at quarterback. Keaton Slovis is out injured and Jake Retzloff is in. Who is he and how does it change the Cougars' chances of winning in Morgantown? John Beck joins the program to break down the new guy, how the offense gets a jolt, and what he expects from Jaron Hall in his first start with the Vikings. Plus, will the Big 12 Roundup feature another massive upset this week? And are we ready to go on record with it? Don't forget our prop pick predictions with a new quarterback in play and sixth-ranked BYU women's soccer just one win away from their first Big 12 championship. But do they even need to win tomorrow's game for that number one seed in the NCAA tournament? BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, November 3rd. I am Jerem Jordan. He is John Denver cover band lead singer Spencer Linton from West Virginia. <laughs> Listen, we had to find a beautiful location. I'm standing in front of Deegan Lake here in Bridgeport, West Virginia, Jerem. And while it is called Deegan Lake, I'm told from my local historian that uh, the they refer to it affectionately as Jake Lake because it's the secondary water source until recent times when it was promoted to the starting lake, if you will. Okay, that's an absolute lie. Nice. We're looking for any tie we can get into Jake Retzloff, right? It does look amazing. Uh, I'm very excited for my sister, Whitney, and uh, her husband, Stetson, their family. They live in West Virginia, Peterstown. They're going to the game. They're surprising my niece, Penny. Um, so I'm very excited for them. They're going to be there, and, and BYU travels well, obviously, we know this. But the fans in the Eastern time zone, they are going to be at this game, man. It's going to be fun. Kalani Satake knows it, too. I watched the final four minutes of the TCU-Texas Tech game with him last night, and we were talking about how excited he is to see what type of BYU contingent will show up for the Embrace the Night Cougars, Jerem. <laughs> he's, he's gone all in on it. Kind of. <laughs> he gets it. He gets it. Um, in that game, there was a possum um, in Lubbock. I thought we were going to see possums in Morgantown. What is this? <laughs> what, what in the world, dude? It did not want, like, it, it went kicking and screaming off this like my kids to bed. Like, hey, get out of here. Yeah. Just a possum ran on the field. That's pretty funny. A little goofy movie uh, action going Just on Just five more minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, get off YouTube right now. Let's go. Mr. Beast can wait. Okay, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Throws wide open. Country roads, take me home, where we know a quarterback. The big news coming out last yep. night is that Keaton Slovis is injured, multiple reports. Jake Retzloff, the Juco transfer to BYU, the backup, will see his action, uh, first action of the season. He is getting the start. How does that change BYU's chances of winning this game at West Virginia? Well, first and foremost, it is interesting that BYU is now a 13-and-a-half-point underdog after being a 10-and-a-half-point underdog. And you have to wonder if the backup quarterback news factored into that somehow. Did the experts in the desert know about this? Now BYU is almost a two-touchdown underdog, which is wild. But, Jerem, this immediately makes BYU's offense a mystery. 
Like there's only so much the Mountaineers can do at this point to be like, okay, who's this dude? And what is he about? Let's take a look at his Juco film to see. But this, this gives BYU an edge of sorts because it is a mystery. Frankly, it's a mystery to us what BYU's offense is going to be. We do know a few things about him. First and foremost, he, he seems to thrive, Jerem, when the play breaks down and does some really, really nice things when he gets outside of the pocket. So we anticipate that BYU is going to try and move him around a little bit. Um, and who knows, will that create some more explosive plays? Will, will that be enough of a new dynamic that BYU can string together a few more scoring drives against the West Virginia defense that will be certainly feeling opportunistic when they get to face a guy who's making his first collegiate start at the Division I level. But, you know, it's just it's a wild card. Like, BYU ran into a weird scenario at TCU a couple of weeks ago when Josh Dobbs, or not Josh Dobbs, but um, when TCU's quarterback was, was making his, Josh, Josh Hoover, Hoover, I should say, yep. was making his first start, and he, and he went crazy. I mean, he went absolutely nuts. Kalani joked about it last night. He's like, of course he has the game of his life. He's like, so you know what? Karma comes back around. Maybe Jake's due to have the game of his life, and BYU goes out and beats West Virginia. So chances, no idea. But it does give BYU an edge with just the mystery of it all because the Mountaineers, can, they can't prepare for him at this point fully. There's no, there's no way they can do that. So um, does, it, does it make BYU less of an underdog? Maybe. I don't know how much, but I, I like it. It's intriguing, and I think that it's just the newness of it all will give BYU a little bit of an edge. And I can tell you this much. The offense, they feel, they feel really, really excited about the live arm that Retzloff has and his ability to be mobile. He fits into Aaron Roderick's offense a little bit better than your prototypical just pocket passer in Keaton Slovis. This, this fits Aaron Roderick's mold, and maybe that helps too. But... I don't think BYU is a 14-point underdog. I can tell you that much right now. Do, do you see it as an advantage at this point? Like, have you changed your expectations? Um, I, I don't know what my expectations are with the BYU offense led by Jake Retzloff. I know that BYU will probably run more. Retzloff is going to run. This dude ran for over 500 yards last year, six touchdowns at Riverside City College. And, uh, yeah, do you like 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns? He was the number one JUCO quarterback in the country. <laughs> and the fact that BYU got him for the possibility of something like this is interesting. And literally they saved him to the last four games so that he could play all four and a bowl game and redshirt potentially. Now, part of the reporting on Keaton Slovis is that in an emergency, he could play. He did travel. He is available. We shall see what that looks like. Cade Fedigan probably needs to be ready as well, just in case. But Jake Retzloff gives BYU a dynamic on offense that they have not had all year. And perhaps that wrinkle, and as you mentioned, that mystery leads to something we haven't seen all year, which is 400 yards in a game. Can BYU put up some points? Can they put up uh, some, some yards here? From a guy who calls himself B.Y. Jew. He's a reformed Jew. He's got a fun nickname. He's got the stats. He's waited for this moment. He's got the number one reps throughout practice this week. And now he can get BYU Bowl eligible. It would be a big win to get a Power 5 road game in the Eastern time zone. The game's at night. Aiden Robbins is healthy. BYU's one game away from a bowl game. I'm feeling oddly confident and excited about what this offense can do in spite of those terrible numbers that are currently on our screen. Yeah. 
I think that his ability in the run game can change things. Change things. Can he be an effective passer is the question. Um, certainly having Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall as very mobile guys was the way that BYU did it. Keaton Slovis has some real strengths. One of them is not his ability to run, however. He is more of a traditional pocket passer. Jake Retzloff gives you that wrinkle, and maybe that wrinkle in time is what BYU needs to actually kickstart this offense. I'm interested to see what John Beck has to say coming up. But as you mentioned, this line moved on Wednesday from 9 to 13 and a half. BYU does not deserve to be a two-touchdown uh, dog here. That feels a little weird. I know it's a long way from home. West Virginia had a really nice game last week against UCF. They were picking off a ton of passes and getting fumbles. This is, again, though, a takeaway game. Like, if the BYU defense takes it away a couple of times and BYU does not give it up, that has been the formula for BYU. Can BYU overcome potential turnovers? Because what Retzloff may do that, that is he may turn, who knows, in the passing game, right? You have to overcome that, and the BYU defense needs to play better than it did last week, even though it played well. But what we've really buried here, Spencer, is the real stat of the day that tells us why BYU is going to win, and it's not anything to do with playing at night. Hit it. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's 5-0 since 2019 in the all-white unis with the royal trim. So there you go. That combination... <laughs> That combination with the Night Coops. Hey, we'll take what we There's can get. There's no way BYU loses this game now. <laughs> if you combine all of those factors that have absolutely nothing to do with the game, right, Jerem? <laughs> BYU can't lose. Can't lose. You know, we were joking earlier about how Kalani said he's looking at these things and he's, he's hearing these ideas of, hey, BYU plays better at night and, you know, the uniform combination matters. He's, he's not really buying into it but it is still a thing for him to a degree and I, I mean I jokingly said hey just just uh win a big game in the afternoon and uh, you're all good brother it's 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 all good it won't be just um, one I, game I will though. add this you gotta do more than that <laughs> you need more yeah yeah one game so he told me something last night about Jake Retzloff um that I I thought was very very intriguing he said of all the players that I have coached Jake Retzloff is the closest attitude in, in preparation to Steve Sarkeesian that I've ever met. He, mm. He's like, he reminds me so much of Steve Sarkeesian, just his competitive nature, his attitude, his swagger. And he's like, and wouldn't you know, they wear the same number, 12, and they're both junior college quarterbacks coming From out California. of Southern California. Yep, yep. So take no, I that like for it. what you will. That's, that's a thought from Kalani Sataki. He said his attitude and just demeanor and preparation, competitive edge, reminds me so much of Sark, and they wear the same Interesting. number. They're both Juco guys from Southern California. They, so we'll see. Yeah. These are massive numbers we put up on the screen. That's from last year at Riverside. Um, and he's going to get an opportunity now. A couple of things about him that we haven't mentioned. Loves BYU soccer and volleyball. He's at every one of those games he can make. Huge supporter uh, on campus of his fellow student athletes. And then the idea that, um, you know, we saw him in spring and fall. Didn't blow the doors off. We weren't going, hey, Retzlaw. You know, he's making plays here and there. He's got an, um, but he is a guy that certainly has waited, and I expect to play well. Like, I expect Jake Retzlaw to have a good game. Obviously, his first P5 game, his first FBS game after being in uh, junior college the last two years, Golden West 
uh, college in California his freshman year. He's got three to play two, and so BYU certainly factor, has him factoring in in the future in some way, whether that's as the guy or a backup, and yeah. now he gets his first chance. We'll see when Keaton Slovis can come back and be effective. This is not a demotion, uh, multiple reports said. This was a Keaton Slovis is, is injured to the point where he cannot start, and they're going to go with Retzloff. And so we shall see, man. Our question of the yes. day is this. How yeah. does Jake Retzloff starting at quarterback change your expectation for BYU against West Virginia? Weigh in on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Nate Kennedy starts us off. I expect more RPO plays. Run, pass, option. The, the give or not to a running back, maybe a couple of slants. I think it opens up the offense in a way that we're going to see BYU kind of flow a little more than we've seen so far. He continues, I hope this improves the running game and in turn will open up short and intermediate passing game. I absolutely expect that. Yes, it just it's, it, it gives Aaron Roderick a new dynamic in his playbook that he hasn't had with Keaton Slovis. They tried to adapt. The Slovis experiment, you know, in some ways worked, but I learned last night as well that Keaton has been banged up since the Arkansas game, Jerem. He, he has not been playing with a good shoulder and at full health since all the way back at the Arkansas game. And it's just kind of a, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on until we can get healthy Jake Retzloff in there so we don't have to burn his red shirt. So just had to hold on and then let Jake go out, let Keaton get a little bit healthy, and we'll see what happens down the stretch. But I, I knew he was banged up at TCU and certainly at Texas, but I didn't realize that he's, he's been playing hurt since Arkansas. And so he, he's really had to battle. A healthy quarterback. How wild is it in the Big 12? I counted nine different programs out of the 14 that are utilizing their backup quarterback this season. That is unbelievable. You have to have two now, Jerem. Is it, you have to is have it two. unbelievable? We've experienced it ourselves. It's rare for a guy to get through an entire season, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, so they wanted the red shirt so bad that they were playing Keaton injured. That's really interesting. Because um, yeah. if, fe- if they felt like uh, Retzloff gave him a better chance to win, healthy Retzloff versus unhealthy Slovis, then they would have played Retzloff. So that- and that was the case, what, last year? You had Jaron Hall playing banged up against yeah. Notre Dame uh, because they didn't feel like Jacob Conover was ready to go in and, and be the guy. So I guess now they feel like Retzloff, uh, because of the red shirt keeping there, that's, that's interesting to me. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, injuries factor in, and it just I, – I, anyway, I thought that was fascinating, just kind of a hang-on approach, and then let's see what goes. Uh, to our next uh, post here from Hayden Shockley on Instagram, it says, I see Jake Retzloff's number 12. Anyone remember the last time number 12 came in as a backup quarterback? Miracle at Memorial, referencing L- Tanner Little Mangum. Tanner Mangum. Well, okay. on that day, it was actually Tyler Mangum, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> Tyler Mangum was oh, one of the greatest guy. quarterbacks awesome. in BYU history. <laughs> he was unbelievable. Continue to weigh in uh, on X, Facebook, and hashtag Instagram. Hashtag BYUSN, yeah. Yep. Okay, BYUSN game day uh, tomorrow, 5 Eastern, featuring guest analyst Harvey Longy, Spencer live from Morgantown. Guys will be here in Provo. Check it out, two-hour pregame show. BYUSN game day on BYU TV. Up next, your legend and top private quarterback coach on the planet, John Beck, speaking of number 12, discusses Jake Retzloff, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall. After the break, lots to discuss with John as BYUSN continues from West Virginia and Utah. Three-step drop, fires, end zone, touchdown, Darius Lassiter. Robbins is feeling good. Freshman 
It is a game day eve. We're live in Studio B in Provo and in West Virginia. Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton with you here on BYU Sports Nation. Big game with West Virginia tomorrow. Chance to get bowl eligible for the BYU Cougars. Continue to weigh in on our question of the day. How does Jake Retzloff starting at quarterback change your expectations for BYU against West Virginia? Kendall Pete on Facebook. The offensive line needs to be better, period. This kid can play, and if he has time, he'll be able to prove it. I would add this. If he doesn't have time, he can scramble and make a play now. Uh, Keaton yes. Slovis, uh, yes. a better passer than Jake Retzloff, we think, but Jake's certainly a better runner. Yeah, for sure. And when the, again, when the play breaks down, he's at his best. He's got that Brett Favre-esque type approach, Jaron, which is really exciting. Um, just, just the idea of something different. We'll, we'll see what, what happens and, and what the mystery of the BYU offense will look like. Okay, let's bring in uh, one of the greats to wear number 12. Uh, number 12 and Jake Retzlaff will suit up tomorrow. His name is John Beck from 3DQB. And, John, we've certainly got a situation here with the QB change, and uh, that's always interesting to talk about when BYU football is playing. And now in Game 9, BYU at West Virginia. What do you think of uh, the news of Jake Retzloff getting the start? Yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Um, I, you know, hoping Keating can uh, recover quickly. Um, but, you know, anytime someone gets an opportunity to play, you hope the best for him. And I hope that Jake can go out there and play the way he's capable of playing. I think we all – Saw some things he did in spring ball, and I've seen him throughout fall camp where, you know, he can make some plays happen. When he gets out on the edge, he does have that playmaker ability, and I think that's why the coaches have confidence in him is because, you know, sometimes plays break down. And when a guy has the ability to make a play outside of the pocket, extend a play, that can be dangerous. It can really put a lot of pressure on the defense. And so, you know, I think if I were there getting a chance to talk to him right before the game, I would just say, hey, remember, you're playing because of the style of play you play. Go be you. Right. Yes, we want you to execute the offense. We want you to make good decisions. But at the end of the day, this is an opportunity for you to go be you. John, West Virginia's defense and their defensive staff are going to have maybe 48 hours to prepare for Jake Retzloff. How much of an advantage, if at all, is it that BYU was able to hold that information until this late in the week that they are going to roll out a new guy and a guy that hasn't put really any anything on film while he's been at BYU? Yeah, that's the thing. Um, you know, coaches are always trying to find ways to have a competitive advantage. And not only do has, does he have no tape at BYU, but where are they going to find any tape of him playing Division I football, right? They can't go back to some other database that has, like, if you wanted to prepare for Keaton Slovis, maybe go back and watch him. You could watch his USC days and Pitt days before he had his first start at BYU. Okay, what type of player are we going to be facing? You know, I don't think anybody's going to be diving into the JC tapes um, to find out who Jake Retzloff is. So they're going to do it based off of comments. You know, that's the other thing. Um, they have a staff of people that will search out any comment that has been made throughout the time at BYU of the style of play of Jake. So, you know, coaches and everybody, they're going to be scrambling to find out what type of a guy are they going to be having to prepare for. And I do think it gives BYU a little bit of advantage because they don't know. You know, only BYU people know about Jake. BYU loves a good number 12 at quarterback. Uh, Gary Scheide, yourself, Sark, <laughs> Tanner Mangum, Tyler yep. Magnum, his alter ego. Uh, who's the greatest number 12 in BYU history <laughs> at quarterback? Who's the greatest number 12? Well, I'll just say this. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian was a guy that I looked up to. This is going to be a funny story. But I am, geez, I'm probably like 14 years old. 
and BYU's playing in the Las Vegas, the uh, the WAC championship against Wyoming. And I am down by the gate, getting ready for as that field goal goes to the uprights, I'm going to sprint out on the field. And I, as soon as the ball's kicked, I jump the fence, I start sprinting. And so everybody's celebrating. But my main goal was to find out how tall is Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> I loved watching him play. And, right? and there was this narrative. Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny, huh? There is this narrative of, well, if you're not six foot four, you know, you're not going to be some great quarterback. And uh, that pissed me off. And I love the fact that I'm getting to watch Steve Sarkeesian put together an amazing season. Um, I love the way that he distributed the football around the field. So I wanted to know how tall is this dude really? Because that's what I want to do when I play college football. I want to be able to play like that guy. So I don't get into the who's the greatest and all that stuff. You know, like I like doing it for my friends. I like talking about how great my my, my friends that played are. Um, but to me, I look at more like people that inspired me. You know, that's why my oldest son is named Ty Detmer. He was such an influence on my life as a young quarterback. And I loved, absolutely loved watching Steve Sarkeesian play at BYU. So to me, that is a memorable number 12 in my life. John, uh, 40,000 capacity at Sam Boyd Stadium. Me, you, and Spence were all about the same age, and we all stormed the field, bro. We were all yep. there. We just didn't know it at the time. <laughs> you want to hear, hear a crazy story? I'm in the quarterback room with Lance Pendleton when I'm a freshman. And we start talking about BYU games, and Robbie Bosco brings up that game because he was coaching. And I said, oh, I was right there. As soon as that kick was made, I jumped over the fence. And I had this vivid memory of a kid in a hoodie next to me eating it on the ground right after we all jumped the fence. And Lance Pendleton shares, listen to this, Lance Pendleton shares his story, and he says, I jumped the fence, and this kid in a hoodie right in front of me ate it. And I'm like, wait a second. There is no way there was two kids in hoodies that ate it. You're right so by each other. me and Lance Pendleton and it was literally Spencer. jumped the fence next to each other. <laughs> it was not me. It was not me for the record. <laughs> All right, John, uh, I do want to talk to you about, about Keaton Slovis because I've, I was given some additional insight last night that he's been injured for a little while and BYU's kind of just trying to hang on so they could preserve the red shirt for, for Jake Retzloff. But how would you assess Keaton's play overall and how much did injuries impact what he could and could not do over the last few games? Well, you know, when you get into football seasons, you play one game really healthy. And somewhere in that first game, you start getting beat up a little bit. And then the rest of the time, you're just battling. Um, you know, so I don't view this, and I wouldn't, Keating would never, ever stand up here and say, hey, well, yeah, these injuries have impacted me. Like, that's not how competitive people think. Um, you know, this decision right now is made to be able to help, help Keaton become healthy for the remainder of the season. Um, but, you know, look, overall, I don't want to talk about just one player. Overall, offensively, BYU has had some struggles this year. Um, and when you're the quarterback in that situation, it can be difficult to perform your best. I know Keaton's capabilities. I know Keaton's strengths. I know the areas that when I was making the suggestion to him of BYU being a landing spot, all of the things that I felt like would be good and that Keaton could bring to the table. There are some elements to what BYU is dealing with offensively that I think, you know, if you go talk to Aaron Roderick of the past four seasons, which one has been the toughest to call plays? He's probably going to call this, say this one. Which one has been the toughest to feel like 
you know you're going to move the football. It's probably this one. So it's not just on one player. It's not just, you know, there's a lot of things going on. And like Keaton and I had some very frank conversations before all of this even went down in terms of his final decision of me just saying, look, I cannot guarantee what this is all going to look like. You can never predict injuries. You can't predict how an offensive unit is going to gel with all the new additions. The thing is, is, it's been tough. And would I have liked to have seen things gone better? Absolutely. Do I think in a situation with some things working better in his favor, it could look different? Absolutely. Uh, but that's not the case. It's been a tough year. There's been ups and downs. I'm just proud of Keaton for continuing the battle. I know that this was a tough one for him to have to kind of say, okay, I'll do what the doctors recommend. Um, and I just hope for the best in terms of like things getting going. And I'm rooting for Jake. I want to see Jake um, do well. I had a chance to work with him a lot in the offseason, and he's a guy that's worked hard. And like I said at the beginning of the show, anytime somebody gets an opportunity, you want to see him do well. I would ask you if he drove uh, 10 hours, but uh, we're tired of that storyline. But okay, Jake Retzloff worked with you as well. Let's talk <laughs> about some more of your clients, because that's what we do, because they're BYU guys. Jaron Hall's going to get the start for the Vikings, taking on the Falcons on the road. What do you expect from Jaron in his first start? And how would you empathize having been a guy that started in the NFL as a rookie as well? Yeah, I, first off, I'm excited for Jaron. Um, it rarely happens. This is the conversation that he and I had. It rarely happens in the way that you hoped it would or thought it would. Um, when I became a starter in the NFL, my team was 0-9, and we were heading to play Philly. I think they were number one or two in the league on defense that year. And, uh, you know, uh, it rarely happens how you anticipate. Um, but look, uh, I love the coaches that are there for Jaron. I love the fact that he has a guy that played in this league at the quarterback position, um, understands quarterbacks, has developed quarterbacks. He's thinking in terms of helping Jaron. And, you know, yeah, would I love to have seen Justin Jefferson healthy there for Jaron? Absolutely. But again, like I said earlier on, things rarely happen the way that you anticipate or plan or think. So to me, the first thing I want Jaron Hall to do is recognize you are doing something that you've dreamed of since you were a little kid. You are going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And sometimes with the heap of things that get placed on you when you become the starter and how you kind of now assume this responsibility and all the ups and downs of the season get dropped on you, the reality is you just have to go play your game. And remember, this is an opportunity for you to go do what you've always wanted to do. Jaron now and forever has and will be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And he's going to get a chance to go out there and play his game. And similar to like what I said about Jake Retzlaff, just go be you. You don't have to go be Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins was going to run that offense a certain way. They're going to game plan for Jaron. They're going to try to take them some things off of that plate that they put on Kirk's plate because of what he's been able to do for all those years. And they're going to say, how can we help Jaron succeed? Jaron's job is just go execute what they ask and at the end of the day, play football. Enjoy the moment. Like, man, you get to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And uh, that's a dream come true. John, how wild is it that we watched three former BYU quarterbacks all take snaps last week and win those games? I know that uh, in Jaron's instance, it was late in the game, but Zach Wilson leads a dramatic fourth quarter comeback again. And then Taysom Hill does his thing. Well, we're going to probably see it again this weekend, certainly with Jaron, who you're just talking about. But Zach and the Jets are four and three. I want to focus on him primarily. What have you noticed from him? And is there anything that you can pinpoint that you can say, okay, that's different. He's gone next level in this specific area. If so, what is that? 
The thing I'm most proud about Zach is the way that he's battled through the adversity that he's had to face. Um, he has had to go through so many things and not without his own mistakes, right? Like there's things that I bet he would say, man, I would do this different or I didn't see that then, but I see this now. I am 100% certain that Zach is in the best place he's ever been in mentally, emotionally, and confidence-wise as a New York Jet. And to do that on the back end of what he's had to go through shows the strength, the resilience, the, like, the desire that he has had to reach that level. He has put in so much effort into that. I'm so proud of him. That being said, there's an opportunity in front of him, not an easy one, but they have some really important games. Yes, they're finding a way to win. Is it happening easily? No. The good thing, Zach Wilson, I believe, only has one interception in the last five games. If you look at the number of times he's pressured, he is pressured a lot right now because the Jets are having a little bit of a tough time running the football. So if you're having a tough time running the football, you're stuck in a lot of third downs, that defense is going to pin their ears back. The other thing that they're going to do is they're going to feel more of this freedom to bring those same pressures on first and second down. So, you know, this last week it was tough. It's a rain game. They can't run the football. They're having to put it on Zach's shoulders. They're playing with backup offensive linemen. That's tough, you know, and you're doing it in the NFL on a rainy day. Quarterbacks aren't that comfortable when you have all of that happening around you on a rainy day. I can promise you that. So I'm just proud of him because last week's game actually showed a lot about, about what he's been going through. Bumps along the way, sacks, things not going good. They're down in the fourth quarter. And what does he do? He keeps his composure. He rallies. They make plays, and they find a way to win. And that may be the story of the Jets this year. It may not be high-scoring games. It may not be this offensive output that's crazy. They're having to battle with, with injuries and things happening. But he's just staying in a place. You can only stay in that place mentally and emotionally if you feel like you're in a good place, right? And that's where I believe Zach is at. So I'm super proud of him. He's absolutely made strides. He's doing it in a tough situation, in a tough place. That whole situation with Aaron going down, this was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers' year to take the Jets and to see what Aaron Rodgers can do with the Jets. And in a few plays, he's out and Zach Wilson is right back in. That was a very challenging situation, and I'm super proud of the way that Zach's battled. And I'm hoping the best for them. They got a tough one against the Chargers on Monday night, um, and they got a tough stretch ahead of that. So, you know, it's just going to be more battling for Zach, but I'm really happy for where he's at. Oddly, it's been the year of the Achilles uh, for BYU starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Just crazy. Uh, let's finish with this. Are we looking at a recording studio behind you? Do, do you do you play? You and Johnny Shred? <laughs> What's going on about here? This. I think we've talked about this. This is this is my son Ty, who is our our uh, you know he's my my musician, my art kid. Uh, this is his room. We uh, <laughs> we love that he loves music, and so we built this. My wife designed it, and uh, you know we have an acoustic drum set. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, there you kind of go right there. Well, you can see the edge of it. He's look got at his, you, man. It's, it's a good set. zoom background. Hey, I've actually said, because you're, you're a 21 Pilots fan, right? I love 21 Pilots. I was like, Ty, he can literally grab like any one of these instruments right here, his piano, and just start playing 21 Pilots. But I'm like, Ty, we have what? to surprise these dudes one of these wow. times. And as they go to me, you're just jamming out. Yes. Uh, Tyler Joseph-esque. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's good stuff. Well, awesome. John, we appreciate the time. We know you're busy. You're, you're the number one private quarterback coach in the world. You're coaching the BYU guys in the NFL and yep. in college. Yep. Great work with them. Thanks for the uh, insight, and go Cougs tomorrow. All right, sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Go Cougs. John Beck on BYU Sports Nation, one of the greats to wear number 12. Sark, Beck, Shidey, that's a pretty good group right there.
Catch Cougar pregame live tomorrow, 5 Eastern time on BYU Radio with Shep and the boys get you ready on the radio for huge game with West Virginia. Jake Retzloff getting the start at quarterback. All the news and notes you need to know on BYU Radio tomorrow, 5 Eastern time. Coming up, how confident are we that BYU women's soccer will win the Big 12 title this weekend in Texas? And do they need to to get a number one seed in the NCAA tournament? That and more as BYU Sports Nation continues on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is Spencer Linton in West Virginia. Let's get to today's headlines. Beginning with BYU football, yeah, in West Virginia. Morgantown specifically tomorrow night to take on the Mountaineers. As mentioned earlier in the show, multiple, uh, multiple reports rather say BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis will sit out and backup quarterback Jake Retzloff will get his first Division I start at quarterback. The Mountaineers currently as high as a 13.5 point favorite. FPI gives BYU just a 28% chance of winning. Even at night, pregame coverage begins at 5 Eastern, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Cougs in the NFL, Jaron Hall will make his first career NFL start at quarterback for the Vikings at Atlanta with Tyler Algier. Puka Nakua and the Rams play Zane Anderson, looking to play his first game of the season for the Packers. Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, Daniel Sorensen and the Saints play host to the Bears. Hoovers in the NFL Part 2 includes Kyle Van Noy and the Baltimore Ravens taking on Jerem Jordan Seahawks, Blake Freeland and the Indianapolis Colts play in Carolina against the Panthers, Sione Takitaki and the surprising Cleveland Browns have a date with the Arizona Cardinals while Andy Reid's Chiefs go all the way to Germany to take on the Miami Dolphins which feature former BYU running back Chris Brooks. Du, du hast, du hast mich. Sixth ranked and two seed <laughs> BYU women's soccer plays four seed Texas in Round Rock, Texas in the Big 12 Championship tomorrow 8 Eastern on ESPN Plus, and then it's Selection Monday. Will the Cougars get a one seed? Number 12, BYU Women's Volleyball working to get back on track and their winning ways when they host Cincinnati tonight and tomorrow. Both matches begin at 9 Eastern on ESPN Plus. Baseball's 2024 schedule is out. The Cougars open the season at the MLB Desert Invitational on February 16th. Some of the highlights in non-conference, hosting Gonzaga. Hey, friends. And at the uh, and in May, you always going to Miami. That's a nice trip. And then uh, begin Big 12 play March 7th at West Virginia. BYU men's golf finishing the Kapule Invitational in a tie for sixth place. Max Brenchley leading the way for the Cougars. He finished in a tie for eighth with a combined score of 12 under par. Nice job, Max. Wally Thane and Zach Fuchs lost in the second round of the ITA Fall Nationals yesterday. Jack Barnett, Red Owen, TJ Wells, and Brian Chen will represent the Cougars this weekend at SMU's Ralston Newfeld Coaches Challenge. And BYU men's and women's swim and dive compete this weekend in a dual meet in Las Vegas against UNLV. Hey, maybe they can go to the Sphere. See you two. Who knows? Those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Google Whip Around is presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Minnesota Vikings tight end TJ Hawkinson was asked, and I love this response, about the maturity of Jaron Hall. He said, and I quote, I mean, 
He went to BYU, so he's wise. End quote. Is this spot on, Jerem? And what are your expectations for Jaron in his first NFL start? Yeah, I think this is the new, like, instead of saying they're old or they have strollers in their trunks, uh, I like this one a little better. <laughs> Accentuates the positive of being experienced. Yeah, no, he's an older rookie for sure. He's not Chris Wanky old, but he's old. Certainly expect him to try and, you know, be himself and, and play his game, as John Beck just told us. He doesn't need to be Kirk Cousins. They were one of the top three offenses in passing and uh, touchdowns, so you don't have to be that guy per se, but hopefully uh, the Vikings can run the ball a little bit and use Jordan Addison. He's uh, one of the best rookies in the league. Yes, one of Jaron's greatest strengths has always been his ability to, to maintain a mature demeanor when he's in high-pressure situations. And so it'll be interesting to see how much Kevin O'Connell and the staff really let Jaron Hall try and be aggressive because you said earlier this week, another one of his strengths is he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. So my expectations are, yeah, he's going to be mature and he's probably going to be really, really good at taking care of the football for Minnesota. From the Spanish Oaks golf course to the Vikings starting quarterback. The NFL on CBS tweeted that Zach Wilson's leading the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks this season with three. Is Zach more clutch than we thought? How do you deny it at this point? I mean, you can say what you want about how ugly certain portions of the games have been for the Jets and like how up and down it's been and how bad the offensive line has played and Zach taking sacks that he shouldn't. But when it comes down to it, Jerem, facts are facts. The dude makes plays late in games, and to leave the NFL in that category is pretty wild. I know it, it, it's not only Zach in those circumstances, but he still has to rise up. And with 24 seconds left, you're done against the Giants. They figure no out a way. Else. He makes two great passes, makes two, you know, notes, and they get themselves into a winning scenario, which is pretty wild. So credit to Zach. Yeah, he, he has the clutch factor for sure. We have to recognize it. He's getting better. Is it at the pace the Jets fans want? Is it the same as Aaron Rodgers? No, it's not going to be. Zach's going to go at a different pace no. there. But, hey, that's a great stat. Of all the stats, I like that one for Zach. How much of a bounce back do you expect to see from BYU women's volleyball against Cincinnati tonight and tomorrow? When I was a teenager, I'd go to Salt Lake and we'd play the uh, play at the Fun Dome. And there was this huge dome and I'd get bouncy balls and I'd throw it super hard down on the ground and see how high it could go and then I would lose it. That kind of bounce back for BYU women's volleyball. I think they are, will be <laughs> tremendous tonight. They're 10-0 at home. They've only lost three sets at home. I expect BYU to play very good volleyball the next two days. Yeah, the wake-up call has happened, and I love the Fun Dome reference. Did you go to the Holy Fun Dome ever? That's throwing it back, man. Yeah, absolutely. Nice, dude. I, I would Good get, like, these certificates right from uh, yeah. middle school, and we'd, it'd be free. It was <laughs> awesome, man. My mom would drop me off and, uh, with my friends. It'd be great. Man. Okay, and last but not least, does BYU Bring women's soccer back. need to beat Texas tomorrow to get a number one seed in the NCAA tournament? I don't think they do, Jerem. They have been so dominant in the first two games of the Big 12 tournament, outscoring their opponents a combined 10 to 1. They're obliterating teams. And their RPI was number one after they beat up on UCF. It still is, baby. So as long as they're competitive, as long as they're competitive against Texas, they should be okay. If it's a weird game and they lose one nothing or two to one. I think they've done enough to earn at least that last number one seed. But let's not even leave it to chance. Let's just go ahead and watch BYU win, beat Texas again, and then just secure it for sure.
We need that win after the football game. So get a tournament title, the first in, in BYU history as well after cross country won that, right? A little bit different of yeah. a scenario. Bring home another Big 12 title and let's go, man. Okay, huge game tomorrow, 8 Eastern on ESPN Plus for women's soccer. On the latest, her Why podcast with Lauren McLean. Lauren Gustin, the Lawrence, recount her great breakout season as star of the women's basketball team, why she decided to come back for one more year and not to transfer. Check out the latest episode on the BYU Radio app or wherever you find podcasts. Coming up, the Big 12 Roundup and Prop Picks. Chaos reigneth in this league. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. John Denver, man, just ringing as you are in West Virginia. There, is just playing outside from everyone's just playing country roads. It's just like the anthem there in West Virginia. It is not, and we we should make a note. Kalani Satake said earlier this week he's like he's talking about you know country roads yeah. and like being excited yeah. to hear the song. Uh, West Virginia only plays that song when they win the football game. So oh. let's hope so, that oh, BYU so they won't be playing it tomorrow. Hear that oh, song. Interesting. No. no but I, I did talk to a couple of our guys, Stu Call and Tyson Hutchins, who said, hey, man, if BYU beats West Virginia, we're going to blast that song. Play in the it, BYU yeah. Locker like room. the wagon wheel at Utah State a couple years ago, Kyle Griffiths. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Oh, it's yeah. time for Big 12 Roundup. Oh, yeah. Okay, we had a game last night, Texas Tech and TCU, so we picked that one early, and we both said Texas Tech would win, and they did, 35-28. Uh, Baron Morton looked really good in that one, three touchdowns. Taj Brooks did his thing, 146 yards. Look at Tech. TCU looked ordinary, which BYU did not do with TCU. We both got that one. All right, a good start for us. Let's go with now 23rd-ranked Kansas State at number 7 Texas in the Big 12 game of the week. The Wildcats are rolling. Jerem, Texas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Who are you taking here? I love this game. I don't know that a lot of people believe Kansas State's going to just outright win. I do. Give me the Wildcats, dude. I just think they figured it out. They're good on defense. Woo! Texas is vulnerable. We saw it last week against BYU. If BYU had an offense, they might have been in that game. Kansas State has an offense, bro. I kind of want Kansas State to win this game just because it will cause absolute chaos in the Big 12. But I believe that Texas is going to do enough and figure out a way with Malik Murphy at quarterback and Sark using his, you know, wily coaching abilities on that offensive uh, side of the ball specifically. I think Texas figures out a way to win and they cover. Houston versus Baylor. The Bears are a three and a half point favorite at home. Uh, I have no confidence in Houston right now. <laughs> Baylor hasn't been great, but Baylor's at home. Uh, there's enough happening in Waco and specifically on Baylor's defensive side of the ball that they're going to be able to slow down Houston's offense. I like Baylor with the points here. Bears are 1-5 at home, but I agree with you. Baylor at home. I guess the BYU boys. Okay. UCF, winless in the Big 12. Somehow, they should have beaten Baylor for crying out loud, but blew that. They're a 3.5 point favorite against Cincinnati. A couple of winless teams in conference. Who do you like here to get their first Big 12 win? The battle of 0-5s. I, I like UCF's offense. I think, uh, you know, they can move the ball and, and they can uh, go on the road and get this win in a battle of the AAC 0-5 teams. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I take UCF. Uh, I think they're good to cover the three and a half points. 
They're due. They're they're long overdue. And Cincinnati has just been so inconsistent, especially on offense. Like I, I like UCF with you here as well. Maybe the last bedlam ever. Number nine Oklahoma, six point favorite at number twenty two Oklahoma State. The Sooners bounce back this week, even in Stillwater on the road. It might be a hot, like a, a just a crazy old school Big 12 shootout. You might need to score 45 plus to win this game, but I think Oklahoma is on the top end of that, Jerem. The Sooners bounce back after a rough wake up call and an unexpected loss against Kansas a week ago. Oklahoma has dominated this series, but give me this, give me the Cowboys at home because Ollie Gordon the second has rushed for 250 plus in back-to-back games. Only Barry Sanders Ooh. and Ollie Gordon the second have done that. I've got Kansas yeah. State in an upset and Oklahoma State in an upset as well. Okay, well, and listen, you can still win this point even if Oklahoma State doesn't win the game. If they lose by three, you still take the point there because they're a six-point dog. So you yep. got that working for you. All right, 21st-ranked Kansas after that big win against Oklahoma in Lawrence last week. On the road against a surprising Iowa State team that's coming into their own. The Cyclones are a two and a half point favorite. Which way you lean in here? This is a great game of two of the top teams in the Big 12. Give me Kansas though, a lot of confidence. Now ranked big wing against Oklahoma last week. Jason Bean has been awesome. He continues that in Ames as the Cyclones win for the first time there since 08. Wow, okay. I like Kansas. I think that the Jayhawks have got something going. They're special. Man, I like their running back so much. Devin Neal is special. Jay, Jay Hill said that he's still the best running back that BYU's faced all season. Saying a lot. I think Kansas's physicality in the running game is going to be enough to win in Ames. I'll take the Jayhawks. Last but not least, BYU West Virginia. Who you got, the employer or someone else? This is my super pick this week, Jerem, that BYU absolutely covers here. 13 and a half points is a huge line, especially with the wrinkle of Jake Retzloff coming in. I'm taking BYU as my super pick to cover here. They're, they shouldn't be an almost 14-point underdog. No, Brigham covers at least, if not wins. And my super pick is Oklahoma State, by the way. Okay, Spence is up 5-2 on the season. To prop picks we go. Number one, over under 300 yards of total offense for BYU. Let's go over, just because now West Virginia has to be aware of Jake Retzloff and his ability to scramble and maybe get some extra yards. That's going to open some things up, you would think, in the run game and in the entire playbook with just his ability to move around. I'm taking over 300 yards of total offense. Over as well. Who's going to score first in tomorrow night's game, BYU or West Virginia? West Virginia will score first, but BYU will bounce back and recover from being down early. All right, we agree on the first two. I think West Virginia is going to make uh, – they're going to score the first points of the game as well. Over under six and a half players will catch a pass for BYU. I'm taking the under here. Um, just, just because I, I don't know how much – how comfortable Jake Retzloff is going to feel – uh, with all of the different moving parts on the field. And I think he's going to run around a little bit more, so that might limit some of his passes. Over. Checkdowns. Puts him over. Ooh, okay. Checkdowns for the win there. Who will record BYU's eighth rushing attempt? LJ Martin, Aiden Robbins, or the field? I'll go LJ, who <laughs> we expect to be back. I'll take Aiden Robbins. It's going <laughs> to be Jake Retzloff now, for sure. And last but not least, how many points will BYU score <laughs> yeah. closest to the pin? 
Give me the Bronco Mendenhall 24 points. Mm. First to 24 wins the game tomorrow. BYU will score 24. I got a different number, but now that I know yours, 25. 25 is my number. Uh, Spencer, you lead prop picks three <laughs> and two on so the season. Cheap. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cheap. What? It's a uh, price is right strategy. Oh One dollar, right? Yeah. Join us tonight <laughs> and tomorrow. Number 12 women's volleyball taking on. We're on to Cincinnati. The Bearcats in town. Nine Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Heather Olmstead literally told me that phrase, but had not seen the Bill Belichick clip. She has now. I sent it to her. Don't worry. And after the break, today's rise and shout out to a guy who's waited to have his number called. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Our question of the day, how does Jake Bretzloff starting at quarterback change your expectations for BYU against West Virginia? Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. Kyle Russell, can't replace the starting P4 experience of Slovis. However, the BYU offense does need a spark. I'm hopeful Jake can be just that with his improvisation ability. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain yes. America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's go ahead and give it to Jake, who has waited patiently for his opportunity, Jeremy, and now he's got it. And I love so much, we've said this before, there's a place for everyone at BYU yep. from all their different walks of life and backgrounds and different religions. I love that BYU is starting a Jewish quarterback tomorrow. I think that is such a cool storyline. Jake's a great person. Want to watch him play well. He calls himself BYU. He's not Jake from State Farm, apparently. Our thanks to today's guest, John, uh, John Beck. And a reminder, conversation continues 24-7 on all the social media platforms. Sorry to Dennis. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Ryan Hancock. We'll see you tonight for volleyball. Go Cougs!